Hi, everyone. Welcome to the e-commerce insights podcast. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier, founder of Wicked Reports. And I thought the time was right to have a podcast about marketing attribution and analytics data, because why not? Marketing attribution can help you understand your customers better. It can be the real source of truth for what's going on in your business and in your marketing. And it can help you find the right customers so that you can finally scale. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a lot of times that attribution can help you. Sometimes it can't help at all. Other times it's in the middle. There's a gray area. And so we're going to cover all those topics and more on the podcast. So I'm glad you're here. Notice the beautiful backdrop. I'm coming to you here live from Gary Island on Marblehead, Massachusetts, my hometown. Thought it was nice to get outside for the podcast. So here we are. I want to touch base first on why attribution, because, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. We try to make it as easy as we can, but sometimes it's challenging because you have to get the tracking data set up. You've got to be able to verify that it's based on true, real conversion data. And then you got to understand and make sense of it and actually act. That's where the rubber meets the road. Can you act on attribution data and actually grow your business or save yourself a ton of money because you're not wasting it on vanity metrics that the ad platforms might report on? So for me, it all starts with being a source of truth. And just like if you're investigating any situation, you got to follow the money. You got to follow the money when you're wondering about what the government's up to businesses are up to, you know, most things in life start there. And when you look at the challenges of marketing attribution, it starts from who's incentivized and why are they incentivized to give you the numbers they're giving you? Because most ad platforms, their goal isn't to accurately report how campaigns aren't paying off for you (laughs) at all. Now, don't get me wrong, you need to be advertising on paid channels, but you got to be spending it on the channels that are working in the right part of your funnel, on the right people. And the ad platforms, the reporting's not designed to do that, thus the need for marketing attribution. Let me explain what I'm talking about there. So if you're logged into your Facebook ad manager account and you're looking at your results, you're probably quite pleased, hopefully because those are the most optimistic numbers on the planet Earth. And don't get me wrong, we're partners with Facebook. Facebook's a necessary channel in any marketer's arsenal. But when you're in there looking at their numbers, those stats are based on things that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I'm going to talk about the default settings, because of course there's all kinds of things you could do to hopefully make them more accurate. But for starters... Facebook is based on looking forward 28 days after a click. And to me, that's already possibly a flawed premise because I'm talking to you now, it's September 16th. Let's just go back three weeks. That's like what, August 25th or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I ate that day. I don't know, were me and my wife even getting along? <laughs> Was I a good dad to the kids? Did I work out? I don't know anything. I don't know what happened that day. No idea. And, but the, 
the foundation of the metrics are that 20, you know, on August 25th, three, four weeks ago, I might have clicked on something from my Facebook feed on my phone. And then if I bought something today from that same brand, Facebook says, look, I just made a sale for you. Now, it's, it's not just Facebook's fault. Google does the same thing. Critio, Snap, Pinterest, they all start out with the premise of let's look ahead 28 days and claim credit for anything that's positive. Now, this may be true. There's a chance. There's a chance it's not. For starters, you're likely advertising on multiple channels, and if you aren't, you really should be because it tends to be that different channels, the ROI goes up or down pretty dramatically based on where the customer is in your funnel and what your offer is and how it's positioned based on how you targeted them. There's a lot that could go into whether someone's going to convert or not. And just putting all your, all your marketing dollars on one channel and hoping for the best is not, not the best. But what might have happened to me in this fictitious example where I bought something today and I clicked on something on Facebook on August 25th is perhaps I got an email or multiple emails from that brand retargeted from Critio and Pinterest and Google and Facebook. And I finally clicked on an email and made the purchase. Well, when I buy from email, all the ad platforms are ecstatic because they all just see that conversion pixel fire on the thank you page of your Shopify or WooCommerce store, and that's it. They're like, great, we just made you money. And there's sometimes when that's true and sometimes it isn't. But it's not necessarily that when it's not the last click, it's hard to trust. So for us as a source of truth in marketing attribution, we're trying to say, hey, we're only gonna, we're only gonna count something as a sale if we can prove it to you with the data. And if we're going to tell you something made a sale, we need to make sure that that was the very last click before the sale occurred. Because if someone clicks on someone a month ago and then they keep clicking on other things leading up to the sale, why the hell is that thing three weeks ago the reason someone converted and bought? It's not, is the answer. So that's something that marketing attribution give you is this source of truth where we're looking cross-channel at everything going on and using the data to determine what made the sale. So that, that's a big factor in marketing attribution that, that means that the numbers differ from your ad platforms, but they should because otherwise, why would you wanna pay for software that's just gonna tell you data you can already get from the ad platform? That doesn't make any sense to me. So people will, will purchase our product and be like, Hey, it doesn't match Facebook. <laughs> it's not supposed to. Otherwise, just look in Facebook. Why do you want to pay us to tell you what Facebook's already telling you? That doesn't make any sense to me. So that's one thing. Another factor in marketing attribution is showing lead attribution and the massive compound effect of customer lifetime value back to your lead generation efforts. And this is something that's in the ad platform's best interest to do this, but it's just not their focus. So any marketing attribution platform needs to be able to do this, and most should be able to. And so lead attribution is the idea that someone clicks on one of your fantastic ads or is hearing about you through word of mouth and is all thrilled to come join your email list. And then lead attribution looks at 
the, all the marketing clicks across all your channels and looks at which click created the new lead that's now in your CRM. Because undoubtedly you're doing paid traffic to get new leads. Well, once you get them in there, you're emailing them, retargeting them, begging them to buy <laughs> often. And when they do buy, and hopefully multiple times, e-commerce stores like to focus on the, on the very last thing that converted them. And they like to say, oh, look, I had this Jedi ad and they finally clicked and they were just overwhelmed with desire and bought. And that's true in some cases. But there's this other large subset of your customers who didn't buy from the very first impression of your ads. It took time. It took research. People opt in now just to see what coupons and abandoned carts they're going to do. You are going to do as a merchant to them. I always do that. If I'm ready to buy, I opt in to try to get a coupon or then I abandon cart on purpose to see what offer I can get because most everyone's doing that. So why would I pay full freight? The thing with lead attribution is not everyone is ready to buy right away, but they're still interested in your product and want to hear more. Now, even though you're an e-commerce store thinking, I'm just selling stuff, most of you are going to have Klaviyo or HubSpot, ActiveCampaign. Those are the big three. There are others as well, Entreport, Infusionsoft, where you're capturing the leads and then you're you know, trying to convert them on email and on retargeting. And of course, with your bottom of the funnel, trying to get people to buy ads. And the best way to illustrate the power of this is the Wicker Report's origin story. So my friend runs an e-commerce store. He's using Klaviyo and Infusionsoft as CRMs. Yes, he has two. And he's on Shopify. He was originally on Woo. <laughs> so he's used the gamut of all the marketing techs. And it started when he had really terrible bottom of the funnel ads. He went on Facebook, spent 4,000 bucks, and only made one sale for 200 bucks. So this friend of mine, Mark from GetMainLobster.com, he emails me, he said, Facebook sucks for lobster. I said, well, okay, that may be true. Well, why do you say that? And he said, well, I lost four grand. It sucks. <laughs> That's terrible. And this is a guy who now his marketing budget is about 200K a month. It was 4K a month at the time. So this is a worthwhile story. It started his scaling where he now spends hundreds of thousands a month and positive ROI on it. I said, well, what happened there? He said, well, I got all these clicks, 12,000 clicks, only one person bought, lost my shirt. And I said, well, have you tried, you know, capturing the lead and following up? And he hadn't because, I mean, he's, he's just selling stuff. He's not trying to nurture people with a big education process or anything. If you can see that big plane coming over. Hopefully it's not too loud. <laughs> so I'm talking to him and I was like, well, why don't we see if we can track the leads from the ads and then I'll match it up against your sales and we'll figure out if it worked. And he's like, okay, great. So I'm looking for software and there wasn't any. And that's kind of the baby foundation of Wicked Reports, which was all spreadsheets and frantic UTM capture and other things for another, another podcast. But as it relates to lead attribution, he targeted people that he's selling lobster, which is a product from Maine. So he targeted people that didn't live in the New England area, but were liked a Boston sports team. Because the thinking being, everyone's jealous of us because we always win. <laughs> so why would you possibly like our teams unless you were from there? He had some affinity for New England stuff. And therefore, but you're out of the New England area. It's too expensive to run down and get quality lobster anywhere. 
So maybe you want it shipped in. That was the premise. And so the idea uh, was good, right? But there's a lot of good marketing ideas. Doesn't mean they work. I've had plenty that stunk and I was like elated with. So you got to check the data. But for this idea, it was like, oh, geez, well, what am I going to do for lead magnet? I mean, I'm an e-com store. I don't, I don't do lead. Uh, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I said, just, you're already going to be doing a sale anyway, right? Mark up your stuff so that you can do it a sale and just put a lead gate on the thing. Lead gate being an opt-in page that says, hey, opt-in, you're going to get this offer. And then when they opt-in, you can email them the offer, but you can also just redirect them to the offer. And then maybe they buy right away. Great. And if they don't, well, you have the email and we'll see if they buy off one of your other emails. He's like, all right, well, that ain't too tough. I mean, creating a, he was using Unbounce at the time. And I mean, creating an Unbounce landing page is, I mean, they're easy. They're, they're great. And it's not rocket science. He took his product image, pasted it on some, you know, he has gorgeous product images, pasted it on, get the deal, buy six lobster tails, get six free, picture the lobster tails, opt in, we'll send the deal to your email, the deal, I think it was, I don't know if it was a coupon, it was just the deal, right? And then he had a secret URL, but I don't even think it was a secret, I think he could have went to the deal on his website, but that's what we did. And so he still already would run ads directly to his product nowadays, because he's gotten better at converting people fast. It's not like a lot of work for an e-commerce store to lead gate a product. You just give it a deal. Because if I'm scrolling around in my feed and Facebook, or I'm on Google searching for your stuff, or Pinterest, or Snap, you know, all those things marketing attribution can, can track or should be able to, you're not thinking, oh, what if I can get to this page without the lead gate? I'm not going to buy. <laughs> like Nobody thinks that. You just want to buy the stuff you don't, right? So we run the ads. And he spends like five grand. So, you know, he has a budget of four grand. I said, oh, I don't know why. I, I don't know what it was with five grand. A couple hundred bucks a day. We're going to run it for 30 bucks an ad set and like 10 ad sets we dreamt up. We're going to do 300 bucks a day and see if you can run it for a couple weeks. And it ended up being like 5,500 bucks. So it was not really a lot of science behind this, this part. And so we did this and we capture all these leads. And sure enough, you know, when he first starts running it, he spends his 300 bucks a day, not getting sales immediately stressed out. And then he slowly got to get sales, but he's running in the red while he's running the campaign. And he's running it to people. He's excluded his email list. So it's just cold traffic so that we know it's new leads so that the stats are pure. It's new leads only. Can we convert new leads somehow profitably? And so while he's doing that, you know, they get on the list and he's emailing them quite a bit. Uh, I don't know, maybe three times a week, which we, you know, we, we were nervous. Hey, is that, is that uh, too much? Is it not enough? Everyone's got an opinion. Of course. I mean, I do too, right? This is my, my opinion was, well, even though I don't like to email people a lot, since we're doing an experiment, email the hell out of them because I really want this to work. <laughs> that was my thinking, like email the hell out of them. So he emails them pretty, a decent amount. And, you know, after the couple weeks, we stop it. He's down like two grand. So he's, been, so he's like, oh, you know, I only lost two grand. Still not great. And I'm like, well, just give it some time. How I was doing this, this was like, I don't know, 2014 or something, 2013 was very a convoluted way and very susceptible to losing the tracking, which was we had very complicated naming scheme on the URLs. We would type it all in by hand. You would paste them in. 
and then you'd have to capture them on the page, insert them through a form, insert them in your CRM, make sure it didn't overwrite, make sure you didn't switch domains, all these stuff that we don't have to worry about anymore, like proper market technologies evolved. You don't have to do any of that now. It's all just done for you. But at the time, you, you had to do it. I mean, you know, I was making it up as I went. There was no one that was doing this. So I jam all the UTMs in and I export them out. We have all these leads. So lo and behold, these people start buying. And you know, sometimes it's like just you're not ready to buy. Think of all the things, all the busyness of the day today. I meant to buy my son some gamer headphones today. I meant to buy him yesterday. And then he gave me grief when I was going to drive him to hockey. And I said, you know what? I'm not buying your headphones today. <laughs> So if you're the marketing person looking at your, your stats for the gamer headphones, you're like, man, oh, I got to click. Oh, they didn't buy my offer. I got to, you know, something's wrong with it or whatever. No, man. It was my kid was giving me lip on the way to hockey. Think of all the reasons that are going to slow you down. We're outside here. Occasional people walking by. For those of you that have been watching at home from YouTube, surprise, I'm now in my backyard with a nice fresh haircut. <laughs> What happened was when we were taping that initial episode, uh, the wind proved to be a little too chaotic for the last few minutes of the podcast. So here I am re-recording with fresh insights on my initial insights. How great is that? Back to the topic at hand. A lot of people just don't buy right away. They're busy. Things happen. And yet your metrics keep leading you to believe that they are, that this ad converted people when it was weeks or multiple clicks maybe dozens of touch points, hundreds. And that misleading of the metrics is one reason that you're failing to scale because relying on last click attribution to scale top of the funnel, it just doesn't match. You're measuring the wrong thing for the goal you have in mind. And so people at that point pivot to first click attribution where they're saying, let's see the very first thing that someone clicked on because if I can scale what they first clicked on and what they last clicked on, I'll be rich. First click has its own complications. When you first install a tracking script, that first click is going to include all the first clicks of people that really weren't your first clicks that have been clicking on your marketing for weeks, months, or years. And unless you take great mathematical purity effort, you're going to get confused because all your first click data is going to be junk because it's only the start of when you first tracked your first clicks, not the real first click that happened. Furthermore, if some of your first clicks came from an iPhone, well, you're in trouble there because you have to capture the first click within seven days or else um, it may or may not be a first click depending on what your software is doing to track that. So due to all these complications in scaling top of the funnel, I like to rely most heavily on a new lead attribution. And I do this for a couple of reasons. One, it's a very strong signal. If I'm willing to opt in and give my email address, like something compelled me to take that action. It wasn't just a click or, or passively viewing something. I'm typing in my email and clicking a button. That takes commitment quite a bit. Second, it's a definite top of the funnel no real dispute. They were cold traffic. They weren't on your email list. Now they are. It's a very clean metric. And it's really no vague fuzziness about it. And it's verifiable and therefore trustworthy. You can verify, hey, this click happened at this time. My lead was created at this time. It really created the new lead. So I always love that because it's easy to understand for people and it's clean. There's no like fuzzy, discrete math involved. 
But the most important reason is that it works. When you find new lead traffic sources, campaigns, or targeting, that leads to high customer lifetime value and their value exceeds their spend at an ROI you like, you can spend more there and make more money. And that's, I mean, proofs in in our business. I mean, we've grown because that works for people and then they grow and then they tell their friends and then that's why we're here listening to me. (laughs) I mean, the very first example, I mean, Mark with, I mean, that spreadsheet where I was tracking his leads that he got off Facebook, he spent like five, six grand, maybe five grand. He had end up making back two or three grand. I have the original spreadsheet actually, which is kind of fun. And then in three months, he had made 10x. And that's when we're like, holy crap. <laughs> Maybe their Facebook actually does work for lobster. It just works after they've been warmed up with all your emails. And so that has led to Mark now making over 4 million from Facebook. Top of the funnel leads. All revenue he was never going to have because he was going to abandon it. So we've seen this time and again with e-com. If you can play the long game and just get that lead, even if they don't close right away, if you can at least capture them, tends to lead to higher ROI because you can scale these true, pure, cold traffic audience areas. So the final point I'd like to make about marketing attribution is how it helps you understand the customer journey and profit from it. If you don't understand the whole customer journey and you only look at part of it, just from what Facebook or Google is telling you about how their ads are doing. That's the fox watching the hen house. And so where you may fail to scale and where Mark was, was that Facebook would tell him all these glorious, wonderful things about his bottom of the funnel and all his retargeting glory. He'd then spend more there and his revenue lift would not happen. And that was because what we found when we understood his customer journey is the lead gen would happen either on Facebook or Google. And then email is what actually would close the deal. Good old email. And this isn't always the case for everyone, but it was for him where he had some emails that when we dug in, they were much better than our opinions would have thought. And you know, when you're trying to understand the customer journey, you'll come in with a very hard set opinion based on all the work you did on your new funnel. And you put in a funnel, wire in all the cool tech, get all excited, and then you're convinced that what's doing the business. And I hope you're right. I wish you all the success. <laughs> However, in Mark's case, what we found out, a good example, he had an email about write emails, very complex sometimes in my opinion, or ones that I just didn't understand. Why would a guy selling lobster send this email? And then he'd have all these opinions. He'd have my opinion. My brother would weigh in with something. Mark's mother would, of course, love all his emails. (laughs) Mark would think they're pretty good. And so we all had opinion. And then his staff would have other opinions. You know, people on the email list could write back, be really upset or really happy. Tons of opinions. But what you can't argue with is the data. And with emails, you know, the more that people click, the better the email was, the call to action was at getting them to click. And then the more sales and revenue you have, the better the email led to an offer that was strong. And so what we do with Mark is he'd send the email, he'd go in the next day, see how much money he made from that email. And for his birthday email, I recall, this was a long time ago, he makes this on most emails now, he had a $20,000 email. 
And it was on some weird, it's my birthday, so buy lobster, basically. That was the point of it. I don't know. Maybe it was a little bit nicer than that, but that was generally what he was saying. And we all thought it was dumb. And we were the dumb ones <laughs> because 20 grand in email is great if your benchmark of email revenue is $2,000, which is what Mark's was at that time. So he made 10x his normal email. So that is a screaming signal of how marketing attribution can tell you, hey, people like this personal email touch you're putting on a pure e-commerce play to the tune of 10 times more money than you normally make. And so that was really eye-opening because it was kind of the same offer, 50% off or something, but he tries that all the time. But this particular slant of it's my birthday, let's play a game, you have this long to make the money, it really resonated. And so he started getting more personal with his emails because the personal ones would outperform his benchmark. That's where the customer journey was untangled for Mark that leads from paid, close high on email, and then attribution ties it into where in the funnel to allocate more budget and where to spend a little less or to get to improve, maybe spend the same, but you have to improve it. it. It depends on the situation. It's not just limited to paid. We had a bodybuilder meal plan guy come in who said, um, hey, I have a huge Instagram following. I have no idea if that's worth my time, but I spend a lot of time on Instagram. He probably would have spent a lot of time on there anyway, to be honest. <laughs> great guy, great guy, but you know, in, into the social aspect. So we put some tracking on his Instagram profile and we were able to find he was making $30,000 a month from his Instagram leads. And you know, this was like 2015, maybe tw early 2016. That was what he was making from the leads then. That's a lot of dough for posting on a social <laughs> platform. Now, when I used to hear these type of things, I would think, oh, okay, I just need to post on Instagram and run around and do it real quick. And they'd be like, oh, looking results. Well, you need a dedicated strategy, you need effort. You need to post what people care about. You need to build your following. There's a lot of work to that. Not just, oh, hey, I, leads from Instagram are worth 30 grand. His leads are worth 30 grand because he worked his butt off at it. It shows where attribution can point out, you know what? You need to double down on that and spend even more time on Instagram because <laughs> you're already making 30K a month on it. Just a, an astounding, an astounding thing to me to see that. I created an Instagram account from that and I only have one post as of this time. <laughs> So I'm going to start posting because of this podcast, but that was, you know, I posted one and I was like, I, I don't need people to see what I'm eating for lunch. And you know, that's just a bad strategy. So attribution would show, Hey, no, none of your Instagram leads are buying because you stink at Instagram. That's what they'd tell me. I don't need attribution to tell that actually. So I hope you took something from this inaugural uh, episode and coming up, we have a number of episodes that dive into specific topics around attribution and marketing data. We have success stories and how-to, expert interviews, the whole gamut. I'm excited. Thank you for joining me on the inaugural e-commerce insights podcast. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier. Have a great week.